the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. So good to be with you today on this fabulous Tuesday. The sun came out a little bit, a little bit warmer, but always good to be with you. You can join the conversation by calling 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Did you know just a couple of weekends ago that over 4,000 people got baptized right here in Orange County at Pirate's Cove, not 40 years ago or 50 years ago, but just a, a couple of weeks ago. With me here to talk about it is Daniel Mamora. He is a worship leader at Calvary South Ocean. Uh, Ca- Ocean. I see OC there, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know. Calvary South, South OC. OC. That yes. does stand for Orange County. Orange right? County, uh, yeah. In uh, San Clemente, which Correct. coincidentally is in Orange County. It is, yes. Uh, and uh, you were on site. You were there. You were part. Uh, you had some role in some organization, but a lot of churches were involved in this. And, you know, coming out of this is the same location that if you went and saw Jesus Revolution, this is where those baptisms were happening. Same location. And uh, this happened. Daniel, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Thank you, Pastor Scott. Daniel, that's an amazing thing. Yeah. Okay. Baptism, for me as a pastor, great, greatest day. I think mm-hmm. my favorite, one of my favorite Sundays that we ever did of all time mm-hmm. was we had, and I didn't even announce it this way, but we just had so many people getting baptized. We canceled the sermon. Mm-hmm. We let the baptisms be the sermon. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was the best day. Oh, yeah. Uh, but we didn't have, you know, 4,100. <laughs> Tell us about this. How did the, this just start at the beginning? So a, a group organized this and put this idea. You know much about the beginnings of how this started. And tell me about your day. Well, um, it's so funny to me that as I was thinking about it, that the day of when we had that baptism, that was basically the 50th anniversary of when Chuck Smith and Lonnie Frisbee did their baptism, same location, same time at Pirate's Cove. And that's what people have, you know, a lot of people learned about that with the yeah. Jesus Revolution movie. So yes. it's fresh in people's minds. It's the yeah. same location. Absolutely. And um, and kudos to uh, Pastor Greg Laurie uh, for, and, the, and the team for creating that movie, the Jesus Revolution. And I think, um, you know, I mean, Harvest was actually my old church before I came to Calvary. And so I had a lot of love for uh, that movie. Yeah, you connected the, with it. Exactly. It resonated in my yeah. mind. And so, and I think what kind of caused, like, or what stirred up for this event was, be, I think, because of the movie and also, you know, 50th anniversary of the whole Jesus movement at Pirates Cove. But also, um, uh, to, to say that, um, I see so many these churches, you know, like, and I thought it was like going to be 50 or 60, but 270 plus churches. 270 churches were yeah. involved. So yeah. that's an incredible thing. Mm-hmm. I, you know, for me, mm-hmm. 
the church is getting together. Mm-hmm. And the great thing about radio, right, is yeah. that we're not a church, but we get to speak right. to congregations everywhere. I like to say that mm-hmm. actually there's only one church in Southern California, mm-hmm. right? Jesus' church. So 270 Absolutely. churches got on board, yeah. and it was called Baptized SoCal mm-hmm. and put together with Ocean's Church uh, down there in Ocean's in uh, Orange in, County. Yeah. So the morning happens, mm-hmm. and uh, you were expecting 50 churches maybe, which mm-hmm. is a lot, right? I would say, for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So you go down there. What happens? Just we, walk me through and, the day. And the thing is that day we had our church at three morning services, and I told myself and some friends I wanted to go, by the time third service is done, since I serve at all three services, we're going to go straight to Newport Beach and try to get a parking spot. And I didn't even – I forgot to look at the page to, about the directions or the instructions or what they recommended to do uh-huh. and because they said there will be buses – from Mariner's Church and other locations that will take you into um, uh, Pirate's Cove. And when I got there, like, parking lot was already crazy. And the thing is that they didn't even – the city didn't even close it to the public just for this event. So, there, I mean, people were there, you know, for you know to go to the beach. They can do whatever they want, right. you know, what they usually do down there at Corona Del Mar. Um, but I saw so many – vans and buses and people with their baptized socal shirts and um i get there and then but what's cool uh that was like two hours prior all right so it took you a while to get there but you're overwhelmed by the number of people absolutely right and that's a good sign obviously for an event it is and uh what was cool at that moment um some one person came up to me and asked me, "What is this all about?" Yeah, and I told them about what we're what we're doing over there and what's happening, and um, that was actually a good uh, witnessing opportunity for me to share the gospel and to share what Christ has done and why we are here. Yeah, and so um, I don't know what happened at that moment. Maybe you know she. I don't know if that person like convert or, you know, but she yeah. didn't say yes to me or whatever. But what I knew was that I planted something in her heart yes, to think did. about. And so that was, so I think you, and I think that's the one thing that we kind of like often, like, cause we want to have the conversion done at that moment. But the thing is we can't do the converting. We can only plant seeds. That's only right. God can do the converting. And you know, something amazing about baptism and the genius, of course, of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. is baptism is maybe the best place to mm-hmm. To share the gospel. What's this? Mm-hmm. Right? Well, what does it mean? Well, I, I, I'm dead with Christ in my sins. There's a whole bunch of ways to mm-hmm. explain it, but you get to talk about the gospel. Mm-hmm. You don't have to talk about politics or no. people's irritations about whatever or get into some fight. Yeah. This is the gospel presented to a world who's looking. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the, the powerful things about it. And so we don't know about her, mm-hmm. but she got to hear the gospel, and so mm-hmm. did a whole lot of other people. So mm-hmm. what happens next? So, um, so, um, more and more people start coming, and by the time uh, Pastor Mark announces that we're going to be starting, there was already a line from the staircase all the way to the parking lot. Yeah, there was already. I, I thought that was just for people to come in. I mean, I, that's one thing, but no, that was the line for people to get baptized. And I was, I was, I was amazed by what I saw. And in the small, <laughs> I mean, it looks big on picture, but it's actually pretty small compared it's not to very big. Yeah, it's not very really. big either. And to uh, I would say, like, I don't know if you'd be able to fit a thousand or two thousand, you know, if you want, like, normally. And, but eight thousand people that showed up, and I knew there was thousands, but then I later found out it was eight thousand. I was like, whoa! And so um, there are a bunch of pastors in the in the ocean already, uh, waiting for uh, uh, waiting for people to yeah. come in and, and all that stuff. And um, they were divided into sections, and then um, and then what's cool was that. Um, 
yeah, Christine Kane and the crew from TBN, they were in there too, and another location like filming, and mm-hmm. then, and it was, and I didn't realize how. I, mean, I knew it was big, but I didn't realize how big this was. Yeah, and, and so, so a lot of people paid attention. Yeah. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show. My guest is Daniel Mamora. He's a worship leader at Calvary South OC in mm-hmm. San Clemente. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about an event that uh, happened, I I didn't get, the, it was a couple weeks ago, not this past weekend. Week and a half, actually. I mean, a week and a half ago. Yeah, not even two. Yeah, yeah. and uh, 4,100. I guess the number is 4,166. Yes. So <laughs> if you come up with a number that specific, mm-hmm. There must have been uh, some kind of follow-up, right? Some yes. kind of cards. And by the way, if you were there, and if you got baptized especially, we'd love to have you call in right now, 888-528-2557. Tell your story about what that day was like. 888-528-2557 is the number. So people got baptized, lots of people, lots of pastors involved. Were you there to watch or were you participating? I was there to watch. Yeah. Uh, there were so many people participating. And so not that I didn't want to participate, but I just wanted to soak in and just witness like God's move and just God's powerful work. And just like, it's, it's just so amazing to see like, you know, all these people celebrating from various denominations, various churches, various churches, various backgrounds, just to celebrate their the people's public declaration saying that I belong to Christ. I'm dead in my sin and I, and I'm going to fully belong to Jesus Christ. And I'm going to follow him from, from this moment forward. There's something very powerful about the, the public declaration, mm-hmm. right? That, you know, you can get baptized in your church and that's fine, but mm-hmm. bring your friends, right? You, mm-hmm. It needs to be in front of people who aren't Christians, right? Mm-hmm. There is a great, that's, that's really what you, you should be thinking about because it's a public proclamation that mm-hmm. I'm following Jesus mm-hmm. and that I'm repenting. Yes. Right? I moved from death to life. Mm-hmm. There's so many great things that are symbolized by baptism and the salvation of people. And it's just so, so clear mm-hmm. that that happens. So uh, you saw all these people getting baptized. That must have had an incredible uh, energy to it just around there uh, that day. Just mm-hmm. a feeling of we're in California, mm-hmm. right? This isn't something that's happening at uh, you know South Carolina, which yeah. is like every weekend, right? You know, I'm not. I'm kidding about that. <laughs> there used to be a guy who was a pastor there. He used to tweet out all these people, and then uh, there was a problem, you know, later than that. Yeah, uh, you know, seventeen thousand people. Pretty soon, the whole state was yeah. baptized in his church one weekend. I don't wow. know how that. It was not really right. You know, people started adding it up. You know, going, you know, Pastor, uh, so far everyone in the East Coast has been saved at your yeah. church. We're thinking the number's wrong. Um, but, yeah. you know, in California, that's not actually that big a number considering how many no. people are here, but it's California. Absolutely. And it's a state where maybe people are not as comfortable sharing their faith, mm-hmm. you know, where lots of things are being being attacked. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a powerful statement, isn't it? It really is. Um, it kind of reminds me, well, because there was another ministry that I used to be a part of. I, I actually still have involvement because I, you know, I support them still 100%, and um, it's called California Will Be Saved. Um, it was actually inspired by Sean Foyt of, when he does when he traveled around the, the United States for the Let Us Worship events since the pandemic and just declaring that, you know, that Jesus is essential, church is essential. Mm-hmm. Um, and and sh- and basically, we're this movement. Um, and shout out to Ross Johnson and Joel Mott for whoever if they're listening right now. Uh, they're 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 putting the charge for just for the state. So like what Sean Foy is doing around America, uh, Joel and um, Ross are actually uh, doing it for this state alone. And it was something that was launched because of the shutdowns and yes. the, the whole conversation of what's essential. Yes. And then we learned that uh, strip clubs and theaters are more essential than church, which <laughs> yeah. was the weirdest thing. It, it right? really was. Like, it's okay to do that, yeah. but you can't go to church. Right. But I think that stirred something in people because mm-hmm. I think 
know, at the beginning of all of that, mm-hmm. everybody was shut down, so mm-hmm. there was at least some fairness, yes. right? But pretty quick, when you started to see that there was preference, right? it really said, I think people saw that. Mm-hmm. People saw, even people who aren't believers saw, mm-hmm. this is very clearly mm-hmm. moved into an agenda for something else. Absolutely. And I think to, you know, but this is totally, totally true. When, what the devil meant for evil, the Lord meant it for good. Yeah. And um, with this, with this uh, out, the outreach ministry, California will be saved. Their goal was to um, bring the gospel, bring revival to every city in California, mm-hmm. and especially like yeah. uh, when I would travel with them to like Santa Monica or Huntington yeah. Beach. We've seen like you know evil <laughs> come yeah. against us, and so, um, but. Literally, there's a saying that where, where California goes, the world goes, because everybody looks to our state as far as, mm-hmm. you know, with everything when it comes to fashion, when it comes to celebrities. I mean, we have Hollywood, right. we have the beaches, we have Disneyland and literally everything. And so I think you know, I think what the vision was behind it was, you know, if that's if people are looking to us for those things, you know, maybe we could start a whole G- new Jesus movement, Jesus revolution right here and and actually, you know. Bring you know, bring bring the gospel to Jesus because whatever we do here in California, the whole world's going to see it. Well, people see it. I think mm-hmm. that's something that we do have, and we shouldn't be afraid. I mm-hmm. think that's another reason for the the public proclamations of faith. Absolutely. Right? It's not just something you're doing with your friends. I mean, there's a place where maybe you get saved in your small group, mm-hmm. you're with people, and you accept the Lord. It's great. Mm-hmm. But there's a time, right? There's a time to come out and say, "I'm a believer. I follow Jesus," mm-hmm. and that's what happens here. So, when you think about you, how long have you been in ministry, Daniel? Um, I'm 29. Um, I've been in ministry since I was, uh, when I first got saved, uh, my junior in junior high and okay. uh, since, since high school, basically. All right. So you yeah. got saved in like junior high, high school. Yeah. Uh, did you get saved a youth group or what happened there? Yeah. Story? Youth group, uh, Pastor Steve Wilburn, <laughs> if right. you're listening, uh, God bless you. Uh, all my peeps at Harvest Service side. When the... He's the lead pastor at Core Church <laughs> yes. in Los Angeles and Absolutely. has a show, uh, right yeah. here on KKLA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, but you know, between then and like you know, it, it took you know, I was still young. But then it wasn't until about a few years ago when I realized that you know, I, you know, I was trying to live a double life until about uh, twenty seventeen, went twenty eighteen, mm-hmm. when I realized, okay, you know what, I need to, you know, what am I living? What am I truly living? Uh, living for? Am yeah. I living for God or am I trying to get more of like credit for myself or building a platform for myself? And the Holy Spirit really got a hold of me. And, um, and that's when I also got baptized with the Holy Spirit too. And I think that's where, you know, my whole perspective on how I look at God and how I'm serving the Lord changed me. Yeah. And it kind of like, you know, um, what Psalm 105 says, not unto us, but to his name yeah. be the glory. Let me ask you about, uh, you're listening to the Pastor Scott Show. My guest is Daniel Mamora. He's a mm-hmm. worship leader at Calvary South Ocean. I'm South OC. It, it's because it's, it's, it's spelled here, OC. I don't know why. You know why? It's because I'm yeah. from... Well, I'm, I'm really from L.A., but I've lived yeah. for 25 years in San Diego. Really? And the O is Ocean Beach. Ocean Beach. Right, or Oceanside. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I love L.A., yeah. you know, and uh, but uh, it's uh, it's just not re- So Orange County. Orange County. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> I should just say San Clemente. Yeah. You know. um, Shout out to Pastor John Randall, if you're listening. Love you, Peach. <laughs> um, you know, 41 here. So a skeptic is going to say, you know, well, out of how many of those people did they just decide, hey, this will be a cool thing to do? Or I've already been baptized. It's sort of like yeah. you go to Israel and you get baptized in the Jordan. You've already right. been baptized, but right. there's something cool about oh, being in that dirty water in the Jordan yeah. and doing this is where Jesus did it. Absolutely. You know, so it's maybe not really was your baptism, mm-hmm. you know. 
of all those people, you know, how many of them you think are, are brand new believers rededicating their life? Mm-hmm. And the follow-up matters a lot, mm-hmm. right? Because I, I think a, an error that we do sometimes is we we lead people to uh, confess Jesus as Savior, or they they come to God, mm-hmm. right? And I was in a church once where we were praying up front, and all these people were okay with God, but not too sure about Jesus. And yeah. I thought, we can't really count that, mm-hmm. right? Uh, tell us about what you know as far as following up with people. So 4166, that means somebody counted right. probably. Yeah. Right? There must be a card or something. In yeah. And and again, I don't know what happens with these people, you know, because it's really up to that person what they want to do from that point. Because it's easy for, you know, as much as it's easy for them to, um, well, I shouldn't say easy, but to, to, to publicly declare, it's also easy for them to like really go role reversal and be like, oh, I don't, I regret it. Well, sometimes people don't know what they're doing. Exactly. They saw the movie that the movie was cool. Hey, that's really cool. Yeah, exactly. You know, we, we really want to make sure that there is follow because we're called to make disciples. Right. A conversion is part of that. Exactly. Right? And you actually brought, you actually brought up another good point. I was about to say that, yeah. you know, what, what Jesus said right before he went to heaven, it, he didn't say go and make converts of yeah. all nations. He said, go make disciples. Yeah. You know, you don't just, cause I think what most people, most people's, um, I shouldn't say problem, but one of the things that they um, they tend on doing is like, oh wow, here it is. Like, okay, here come people come forward and be like, oh, I received Jesus, and then you just let them go, and then that's it, right? Here's yeah. your Bible, and here's your giving envelopes, yeah. and here's how you here's your app. Yeah, and, and we but we never spend the time investing in yeah. that, and so and I think too we're investing in that person because if we want them to come to your church or let alone just you know to be a follower of Christ, it's like you know what they need that accountability. Accountability. They need that that encouragement they need that you know that knock in their door and be like you know what hey what are you up to because you know they you know sometimes when they receive the gospel message like the basic gospel message i'm not saying that you know um we shouldn't stay uh, basic or whatever but what i'm saying is that you know they shouldn't be left at that moment but you know what they receive it and now it's time you know what that's the moment that the lord can use them too and be used because nothing is more more valuable than being used by the Lord and actually seeing what the Lord can do through you and how he can use you. Well, and you, it's, it's why we're the church. Absolutely. It means the called out ones. It's not the address on the corner. It's the called out ones. It's the people who realize that they've been saved by grace through Christ Mm -hmm. and that he does have a purpose for your life. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you that purpose is discipleship. However Mm -hmm. it is, you might have a job, you might be, and it's the same whether you're a pastor or a worship leader, Mm -hmm. you you have a job Mm -hmm. and there's something specific you're called to do, but Mm -hmm. you're a pastor wherever you are. Exactly. Exactly. There are people that God has put in your relational world. Mm -hmm. Those are the people that you you minister to. You Mm -hmm. pray for them, you encourage them, you tell them about Jesus. And if they reject you or they don't want any of that, well, then you pray for them in your church prayer meeting, Mm -hmm. you pray for them in your small group. Mm -hmm. You continue to recognize that we're not of this world. Absolutely. And I'm hoping that that goes on. If they have a number in cards, there's going to be some follow-up. Absolutely. And, you know, there'll be some people who just did it because it was cool. They saw the Mm -hmm. movie, right? They're going to put the picture on the Instagram. Right. But, you know, even saying that, we had somebody, Daniel, on our show a couple of weeks ago, and his testimony of how he got saved a few years ago is he went to a Billy Graham crusade. Mm. He went down, you know, in the altar call mm-hmm. time. He didn't care about Jesus at the time. He just thought it would be cool to go on the field. Right. Right? <laughs> yeah. I love to do that. I love it. If yeah. I get to go out on the field, hey, I'm on a Major League Baseball field. And right? I've that's, encountered people with that before. That's cool. <laughs> but the crazy thing is, is he did get the follow-up information. Mm-hmm. And then later he's like, yeah, maybe I'll go to that church. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he did. And ultimately he got saved at that church. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting how even God will use that moment mm-hmm. where you're 
your attitude isn't, oh, I'm doing, I'm getting saved now. Mm-hmm. Your attitude is really selfish. You want to go down there? Yeah, let's mm-hmm. go down there and check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, that God, you're still walking through a door that God opened for you. Mm-hmm. And so we want to we want to pray for all those people. This Absolutely. is the, the Pastor Scott show. My guest is Daniel Mamora. He's a worship leader at Calvary South OC yeah. in San Clemente. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and you know, Daniel, can we pray for uh, all the people who got baptized and all Absolutely. the people who watched? So Absolutely. we're talking about forty one hundred people got mm-hmm. baptized in the water, mm-hmm. and then eight thousand or so people there. Who knows who else? And how many people watched the videos? Absolutely. Right. That's the weirdest thing about. Today, Absolutely. there can be somebody in another continent mm-hmm. who received Jesus because of something he saw mm-hmm. on somebody's Instagram, and there you go. Mm-hmm. It's uh, an incredible, incredible thing. Absolutely. Um, would you pray just for uh, salvation and the follow-up and discipleship? Absolutely. Uh, and before people. I get into that, too, um, those that may be listening, too, um, you might be tuning in and be like, oh, wow, what, what's this all about? And you're tuning in, you, you might not know, like, oh, who, I keep hearing about Jesus, but who, who, who is this Jesus? I keep hearing about it because of the movie, because of the baptism, because of Asbury revival, what it is. But you know what? Um, the Lord wants to meet you. The Lord wants to come into your heart. And all you got to do, there's nothing more or less you could do to receive the love of Christ. All you got to do is just receive it. You can't earn it. It's a gift. All you got to do is receive it. So let's just pray right now. So Lord Jesus, I just thank you so much for what you did a week and a half ago in Kapira's Cove. And Lord, I just pray too that um, every single person that have walked on those waters and um, publicly declared that your son Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, that they won't just be left right there, Lord, that they would be used and that they would be anointed, that it be filled with the Spirit. They would uh, be planted in your house, wherever you plant them to be. You know, your word says in Psalm 90, those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. And so I just pray that they would flourish wherever they go, and you just lead them and direct them and have them lead their families, their friends, and whatever they do, it's all for your glory, Lord. And I just pray to to that person that's listening right now that your Holy Spirit power would just dwell on their heart, Lord, and that they would just receive it and they would just experience you and that they would get to know, not just know you, but to really have that intimate relationship with you, Father God. So and I just encourage and I just pray, Lord, that you would just move upon them, Lord, whatever you do, Lord, just do what you always do because you're an awesome God. You're awesome. You love, you heal and you deliver. And you want to be our friend. So we thank you so much. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And if you happen to pray that prayer, you got questions, you can write me at Pastor Scott at KKLA.com. Pastor yes. Scott at KKLA.com. Daniel mm-hmm. Mamora, uh, mm-hmm. well, thanks for being with ah, us on the Pastor pleasure. Scott thank Show. Thank you so much. And, uh, tell us about this great story. And yeah. uh, thanks for praying for everybody who was Absolutely. there. And I uh, really appreciate that. Oh, thank you. This is the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557. When we come back, we will talk about some ways to stand up for yourself, the right way to do it. And uh, a presidential candidate who did that amongst a bunch of people who criticized him, and then he came back and in a kind way defended himself. We'll play those clips for you. This is the Pastor Scott Show. We'll be back as the Tuesday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. One of the ways that we can restore hope in this country is to focus on our education system. Mm-hmm. We need to have too many kids in poor zip codes trapped in failing schools. I want parents to have a choice so kids have a bigger chance. If we focus on those issues that... Heck, 
67% of Democrats, 68% of independents, 70% of Republicans, 72% of African-Americans, 66% of Hispanics all agree on some form of school choice because at the end of the day, my mama loves her child more than she does Republicans or Democrats. <laughs> so the real combination is, can we find a way to make America better by having every child in every zip code have quality education? That was Senator Tim Scott, who's running for president as a Republican. He's a Republican senator from South Carolina. He was on The View now, The View, I never really watched that program, but I know about it. I know some of the people who are on there. It's a, uh, you know, obvious, it's a left program, pretty far left. And it's a bunch of ladies. It's Whoopi Goldberg and Joy Behar, Sonny Hostin, and, and a few other ladies. They, I think, uh, trade off is how that works on there. And, you know, it's a left-wing show. Everybody knows that. And they'll attack people on the right, and that's what you do if you're a left-wing show. And if you're a right-wing show, you either attack people on the left. Okay, that's what goes on. Well, Tim Scott was attacked pretty brutally when he announced his run for office by the show host Joe Behar, who ultimately said he has no idea what it's like to grow up black in the United States, which is a funny thing to say from a white person to somebody who grew up black in the United States. And it was pretty disgusting, the different things that they said about him now. An interesting thing is he just went, if you heard that clip, he went on that program. And not only did he win over the audience and win over the ladies, although Joy Behar was uh, mysteriously absent on this episode, um, he also was able to make his point. He just made a point about school choice and about education in our country and how important it is. I think it's maybe the biggest, it's certainly one of the biggest issues in our country because education is the future, educating the kids. I don't mean graduating the kids. I mean educating the kids. Graduation, you know, happens, but it's no good to graduate if you didn't get educated. And he knows this. He knows it is a big deal. And, you know, there's something – I'll play a few clips of this. There's something I think that is inspiring about being able to defend yourself, being able to go to people who I think he would consider the view his enemy. It were not kind to him in the comments that they made. And then he goes on the program and he says this. You have indicated that you don't believe in systemic racism. What is your definition of systemic racism? Now, what he's going to do is he's he's actually not going to take the bait and go down that road. Systemic racism. Well, there's there's slavery and there's Jim Crow laws and there's redlining. There's a whole bunch of stuff in the system that you can talk about. But that conversation always turns into victimhood and those kinds of things. And that's what he is against talking about. And this is one of the things that disqualifies him in some people's mind for being able to speak about these issues. But he goes into a place and sits with people who have had harsh things to say. And look at how kind he does. Let me answer the uh, question that you've answered. Or does it even exist in your mind? Let me uh, answer the question this way. One of the things I think about, and one of the reasons why I'm on the show is because of the comments that were made, frankly, on this show, that the only way for a young African-American kid to be successful in this country is to be the exception and not the rule. That is a dangerous, offensive, disgusting message to send to our young people today, that the only way to succeed is by being the exception. I will tell you that if my life is the exception... Uh, I can't imagine. But, but I can't. It ima- is. But it's not actually. Here's here's. It's been here's 114 years. Yeah. So so the fact of the matter is, we've had an African American president, African American uh, vice president. We've had two African Americans to be secretaries of the state. So he goes on to start talking about this. But I want you to really focus about. I realize maybe some people have a disagreement with maybe some things that he's saying. But think about how kind he is, but also direct. He called what they had to say disgusting. Okay, that's not a comfortable word to hear. Uh, about something that you had said before. 
And yet he does this in a way that is respectful. And by the way, he wrote a book, and I'm, I'm promoting it because I thought it was great, not because anybody's telling me to promote it. And uh, I'm not telling you that I'm voting for Tim Scott or anything like that for president. But the book is the best book I've ever read on somebody for somebody who's running for president. It's a common thing that you write a book. But his is about his story. It's in his voice, America, a redemption story, choosing hope, creating unity. He is the unity candidate, I think, across the board, if that's the direction we go. He continued this way with the conversation. Do we have this clip? This one's not working there. Uh, five, five B. All right, all right. We'll we'll uh, we'll come back to that part of the the conversation. By the way, this is the Pastor Scott Show. You can call eight 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 five two eight two five five seven eight 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 five two eight two five five seven if you want to join the conversation. We talk a lot in on our program and probably in your church and other places about speaking out about standing up for yourself or standing up for what you believe in as Christians how do we deal with the the uh, the city square right how do we get involved in the arena of conversation without being a jerk you know without being somebody who is either being you know rude and you know gross ourselves with the language that we use and we see this a lot on social media even from Christians and also without um being somebody who doesn't really stand up meaning that we don't really get our point across or that we feel like, you know, we're not able to um, engage in the public square in an effective, persuasive way. Some, something that's incredibly important. Otherwise, you lose. Otherwise, you, you lose the issue is if you're not persuasive. If we cannot be persuasive with the way we live our life with the way that we talk about the gospel, with the way that we engage on issues of our society that really matter, people's lives. If we're not persuasive, then, you know, sometimes that means we're, maybe it's just people aren't going to be persuaded. Sometimes people's hearts are hard and there's going to be no persuasion going on. But I'm a believer in the idea that we must work hard to be persuasive as hard as that might be. And one of the ways we lose that persuasiveness is if we get vulgar or if we get violent or angry in in a way that, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of things we should be angry about, but angry in a way that causes us to sin in our anger. I believe that there is a way to be persuasive. Tim Scott has this, and uh, here's the clip we're going to play. Community, for the first time in the history of the country, is under 5%. 40% homelessness And 50% of of the folks in our community. Yet 13% of the population. You have a chance to ask a question. I've watched you on the show that you like people to be deferential and respectful, so I'm going to do the same thing. That is true. So here's what I'm going to suggest. I'm going to suggest the fact of the matter is that progress in America is palpable. It can be measured in generations. I look back at the fact that my grandfather, born in 1921 in Sally, South Carolina, when he was on a, on a sidewalk, a white person was coming, he had to step off and not make eye contact. That man believed then, with some doubt now, in the goodness of America, because he believed in having faith in God, mm-hmm. faith in himself, and faith in what the future could hold for his kids, would unleash opportunities in ways that you, you cannot imagine. Now, you could hear him say, hey, when she tries to interrupt him, Sonny Holston is the one uh, doing the uh, interview with him, and interrupt him with some statistics that need to be reconciled, okay? There's, you know, 40% of homeless people are black when only 13% of the population is black. You know, those numbers are things that need to be dealt with and talked about and reconciled. But he doesn't go for the bait to get into that. He starts to talk about how we're going to increase that or, or in, 
uh, improve that and how it's been improved later. He doesn't get off topic, but he's also kind. He says, now, wait a minute. You always want people to be deferential and respectful. That's what I'm going to do. And he's able to get his point across because he is direct, because he knows what he's talking about. And also, he's kind. Uh, Play 5C, Wilbert. Can you play 5C? Every kid today can look, just change the stations and see how much progress has been made in this country. ABC, NBC, CBS, ESPN, CNN, Fox News all have African-American and Hispanic hosts. So what I'm suggesting is that the yesterday's exception is today's rule. And for us to so suggest... America has met its promise. No, of course, the, the concept of America is that we are going to become a more perfect union. But in fact, the challenges that we face 50 years ago and 60 years ago should not be the same challenges that we face today. And he starts to talk. I think that's a great point there, too, that America has not met its promise. But our promise and part of what it is to be an American is to create a more perfect union, to keep moving forward, to not say, hey, we've done it. We have defeated these ills in our society and we have defeated the evils of racism and other things that have been uh, part of our history since the beginning. It's to say we're making progress. Here's the ways that are going well. Here's the ways that are not. And we've got to address those things, but keep moving forward is the point that he's making. Can you play 5D? And here's the way that you you measured that. When my mother was born, about 10% of African Americans got a high school degree, diploma. Today, it's over 90%. When you look at the income, when you look at the income success that we've had... HBCU stat. Well, listen, HBCU stat is a good one because one of the reasons (laughs) why I took the funding for HBCUs to the highest level in the history of the country and then I helped make it permanent is because I believe that education is the closest thing to magic in America. So I'm about making sure that our kids have as many opportunities to succeed as possible. It's one of the reasons why. I need an opportunity to succeed. Because I have to go to Britain. They're big. We have more time, though. I'm just getting started. I I believe all. People can see the success that I've had. Oh, we'll be oh, right oh, back. Okay. All right, so they have to go to commercial, and so do I here in just a moment. But do you see that? That he was not afraid to go in and meet with people who have demonstrated that they are against him. And he is able to be kind, he is able to be bold, he is able to be. Uh, upfront about what he believes. And, and most of the people sitting at that table don't agree with him. But if you ever watch the video, what I've never seen on that show is how much respect and how much interest. I mean, P- Whoopi Goldberg is leaning forward and I think really taking it in on the things that he's having to say. See, there is, and I don't know that she's going to change her mind about stuff, but maybe you never know. And you can't let those things get in the way of being kind, of boldly speaking the truth and speaking out and not being afraid to do that to people who you might consider to be your enemy. This is part of loving your enemies. I really think it's a great example of that. All right, I got to take the opportunity to take a break. You have you want to join the conversation? You have some input on this? 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. This is the Pastor Scott Show. We'll be back as the Tuesday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. 
I was yeah. so happy when you tossed your hat into the race. Um, a traditional conservative who's been willing to reach across the aisle. Yep. And I think you espouse a hopeful message, which I've missed in our politics yes. for some time. How do you plan to try to reach the near 74 million Americans who supported the former president, many of whom may have been attracted to sort of the brash approach to politics with your more hopeful, forward-looking message? I think people are hungry for something hopeful and optimistic. I believe America could do for anyone what she's done for me. Restoring hope, creating opportunities, and defending and protecting the America that we love is such an important combination, especially when I think about restoring hope. I'm a kid that grew up in a single-parent household, mired in poverty. By the time I was in the fourth grade, I went to four different elementary schools. As a freshman in high school, I felt four subjects. And so I understand and appreciate the importance of hope. That is Senator Tim Scott. He's on The View, and what we're talking about is he went on a program that came out pretty harshly against him a couple of weeks ago when he announced that he was running for president and said that he has no right to talk about issues in black America because he is a Republican. And, you know, a lot of people, I think, would have just badmouthed the ladies on The View and attacked those people for saying stuff. like. And some people did. There, it, it stirred up a lot of discussion um, with a lot of different people out there. But something that I think is a lesson that we can learn here is that he actually goes on the program and he confronts them in a kind way, but in a bold way. He doesn't shy away from what they said. He said that what they said about him was disgusting, and he goes into that. We talked about that in the last segment. But then he, the interesting thing here, and I think this is a note about persuasion, is that not only does he go in and address that, and there was a lot of tension at the beginning, but he wins over everybody, including the crowd, to positions. He doesn't necessarily change minds. We don't know that, but I think they change minds about him. He was able to make his statements. He was able to speak out in a kind way about the things that he finds to be important. One of the ways that we can restore hope in this country is to focus on our education system. Mm-hmm. We need to have too many kids in poor zip codes trapped in failing schools. I want parents to have a choice so kids have a bigger chance. If we focus on those issues that of Democrats, 68% of independents, 70% of Republicans, 72% of African-Americans, 66% of Hispanics all agree on some form of school choice because at the end of the day, my mama loves her child more than she does Republicans or Democrats. (laughs) So the real combination is, can we find a way to make America better by having every child in every zip code have quality education? And this is a show that does not support school choice. School choice meaning there's different versions of it, but the idea that ultimately, and some states are going down this road, that a parent can choose to have the tax dollars that are set aside for their child to use that money for another school, a private school or a charter school, a Christian school, a religious school of some kind. And the notion is that the money would follow the child, not the school. And the idea then is that the public schools would be more competitive because they would have to in order to stay open and that they would drop a lot of the the foo-fooey stuff that is taking so much of the time away from education in math, English, science, the things that are going to carry you in life. Because most parents and those statistics, he said, were across the board. That's something that I say a lot. And I, I believe I believe that most people, whether you're a Republican or Democrat or independent, wherever you are, that when it comes to your kid, when it comes to certain issues, that we actually can find agreement, that actually most regular people like you and me, that we're going to agree on how to do. We'll have some disagreements here and there, but we should be able to move forward together. 
And he's able to say this on a program that typically doesn't allow that conversation. And he says it in a way that works. I think it's uh, it's pretty significant. Here's the last one. And frankly, uh, creating opportunities for me, I started off as a small business owner uh, in the late, late 1990s. It helped me achieve the goals that I had for my life. One of the most important goals of being raised by that single mother was to make sure that she had a chance to get into a garage mm-hmm. without having to worry about coming into an apartment where you're looking to your left, you're yeah. looking to your right, trying to make sure that you're safe. My goal in life growing up was to make sure that I bought her house, mm-hmm. but more importantly, a garage. And so having the ability to live the American dream and to see these objectives that I set achieved early on in life was what I believe the American dream should be about. Making sure that every single person, based on their character, their grit, and their talent, can rise as high as humanly possible. And I will say that the transformation that I've seen in my life and in in South Carolina, Mm -hmm. it is measurable by the millions of lives that are absolutely different today than it's ever been, particularly as I look back at my grandfather's life. And if if you study, you read his book and you talk to him, he loves Jesus. Tim Scott, you know, most politicians say that they love Jesus or that they're Christian or they check that box, but he really does, and his mom does, and that's a big part of his story. And uh, anyway, I thought this was worth listening to because it's an example for every one of us in a time where the culture is so hostile and sometimes different sides, even the correct side versus the side that I would say is wrong, get hostile toward each other and then everybody's wrong. And then nobody is convinced, and the other side is just a bad person, not necessarily even because of their belief, but the way they presented their belief. I think that we can do a really good job presenting beliefs that go against the the cultural grain at this moment and do it in a way that is persuasive. It won't be to everybody, but it will be to some. And we can even do that with people that um, we disagree with or that don't like us because it's not about us. It's about Christ. It's about our testimony. It's about what he's called us to do when it comes to the gospel. And I think on social issues today, the issues of taking care of kids, the issues of taking care of uh, dealing with immigration in the right way, dealing with whatever the issues are where there's there's a sense that you want to help people. But if people aren't really being helped, if the situation is getting worse, like with homelessness or education or other stuff, you've got to change course and you've got to go against what is being said out there, you know, from people who are leading the way and they're leading in the wrong way. I think we can be persuasive, and Tim Scott is an example of how to do that. This is the Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557. Got time for a call or two, and uh, let's see, Ted in uh, City of Angels. Ted, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. How are you doing, Scott? I'm good, Ted. Um, so, Timothy Scott, I mean, wow, what a breath of fresh air, and... uh Basically, um, I believe, uh, you know, Oprah Winfrey, she's not from uh, the West Coast. I believe she made the comment that the beautiful purple trees, the jacaranda trees, you know, when they bloom, which my mother loved, is about all she knows about the West Coast. And uh, basically uh, what they uh, have uh, experienced in the South, I I experienced uh, growing up uh, reverse discrimination in L.A., and I didn't let it ruin me. I had uh, basically, I call it the three musketeers, and it was uh, a Latino kid, a black kid, and a white kid who raised pigeons. And those were my friends. And Wilbert was from the government housing, and uh, 
and uh, Maynard was uh, across the track. So, Ted, I'm, I'm almost out of time, but, you know, people, uh, we're almost at the hard break, but you're you're talking about, you know, that people can move forward together, whatever the other situations are. Amen. I mean, you know, I, I, I did not let it rob me of my experience of growing up in L.A., and I received a lot of reverse discrimination, and I still... I had the best time, and I would never trade it for the world. And people will be attacked regardless of who they are in this world. And it's how do you how do you process it? Do you do you um, continue to be violent and attack people, or or do you take the resources that are put at your feet and know that your Lord and Savior is going to lead you through all of this? And that's what I'm getting from Timothy Scott that he's not playing this victimese sort of behavior. Yeah, he's, he's, he's moving us away forward. from the the victim conversation. You know, and thank you for your call, Ted. I'm about out of time. You know, people can be, you know, victimized, right? It's not that bad things don't happen. It's not that there's not racism or that there's not failures in ways that we've tried to handle that or other things. But you do have to move forward. I think that's something that matters. You know, the Apostle Paul tells us to stop looking at what's behind. And it doesn't mean that those things didn't shape you or that they don't still affect you. But you've got to look forward. There's some hope in looking forward. There's some hope in not being in a place where we look at our situation and we get bitter about it. You know, that's the worst part. Some people are very good at being bitter. Uh, that's their, their, their spiritual gift, I heard one comedian say, is, uh, is uh, bitterness and sarcasm. But that's not really a spiritual gift, right? It's, and we live in a world where for those of us who know Jesus, we are to be salt and light. And the light is never in a bitter person. The light is, you know, the salty, you know, the salt where you're supposed to provide flavor is never in the person who is just always wringing their hands. Even people who really have a lot to wring their hands over. And I think that's important. We should acknowledge that there are lots of people who have had circumstances that were hard to deal with, that are hard to deal with, whether it be racial issues or economic issues or other stuff. Many of us listening, we've all got a story for different things, and some of our stories are worse than others and harder than others. That's true. But to to just sit in that and not want to move forward, that's not going to be a solution. God has called us to greater things and greater things with with him. So I want to encourage you as you speak about things, speak kindly. Don't be afraid to be bold, but also to be kind and respectful. I thought Tim Scott had a good example of that. All right, we'll be back with Hour 2 of the Pastor Scott Show as the Tuesday edition continues. Stay tuned. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.